Welcome to the Truth for Doubt podcast. Now we know what you've been thinking, and we know that you've been searching for a podcast that combines all things nerd with Christian theology and apologetics. Well, look no further. I'm your host, Michael Badger, and I am joined by Katie Wilson and Dr. Ethan Hunley to bring you our thoughts on topics ranging from our favorite Star Wars movies to apologetic arguments for the Christian faith. If you enjoy our conversation, feel free to share us with your friends and click that subscribe button so that you can keep up to date with all of our future content. All right, welcome to the soon to not be the Truth for Doubt podcast, Uh but for this last episode is the Truth for Doubt podcast. Uh, I am joined by Dr. Ethan Hunley, and this is the only podcast that you can hear Dr. Ethan Hunley lament over the momentary loss of Katie Wilson. Katie, we miss you so much. Do you hear that? It's too quiet. It's too quiet with two people. We thought that the the podcast was whole with just us before and we were like yeah we could get katie on that'll be fun and you're gone it's like there's a hole there's a hole yeah there's a hole in the bottom of the sea yep and it needs to be filled with katie wilson yep yep (laughs) we miss you katie (laughs) all right so all of the class has been sucked out of this podcast because katie wilson decided last minute she wanted to be sick yeah, well, that, I, that's how illnesses go. Yeah, yeah. I think I think she was afraid to to um, she was afraid that I was going to win the quiz this week. So. Oh, so you'd be like two, two and o. two and o. Yeah, two Man. and o and o. I feel like I had a good chance. I had no idea what the podcast that or the, not the podcast, but the quiz that she was wanting to do was. But I was yeah. feeling pretty confident. Yeah, me either. But yeah, I was just running on pure confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But sadness is, like the sad news is Katie really is not with us this week. She is not feeling good, but she'll be back next time because we will make her be back next time. Or she won't get paid. Exactly. Paid in friendship bucks. (laughs) You know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, gosh. Um, But so anyway, we don't have a quiz for you this week. It is coming next time. But... We did want to talk about Star Wars because a brand new trailer just dropped. What? For the new Star Wars movie. And what's it called again? Star Wars? The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker? Yes. That's what it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it went from... I can't remember what the first one was, but the first one. And then uh, The Last Jedi. And then The Rise of Skywalker. Gotcha. Okay. And yeah, I. What does that mean? Who right. is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Man, so like, let's break down the trailer a little bit. I only saw it once, and so I may be really bad at breaking it down. Sure. Okay. So I've probably seen it four or five times. Okay. Um, Dang. But <laughs> uh, the I mean, this is soon to be the nerdy apologist, right? Right. So hey! uh, <laughs> the so. Probably the first 50 to 75% of the trailer uh-huh. is clips from the earlier movies. 
Yeah, that's right. And it does it, and it does it in the order that they were made. So right. like, it shows several clips from like the original three. Yeah. And then it shows several clips from the prequels, and then it shows several clips from the these past two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's like some voiceovers over the top. Like at one point, Luke is talking. Um, saying like a thousand generations or like it's all led to this and then uh there's another section where um where palpatine is actually talking uh-huh. and i think it's a clip from one of the earlier movies oh, okay um where it says like your your journey is almost complete or something like that mm-hmm. so like it's all sort of pushing toward towards something um it also shows a C-3PO with, with red, red eyes. eyes. Yeah. What, is what that? does that mean? Evil C-3PO? Yeah, Loki, let's Ooh, stop yes. right here. Let's stop with the C-3PO with red eyes. So I heard this fan theory about that. Okay. And <laughs> I think it's kind of ridiculous, but it could be true. But this person said that C-3PO has red eyes because he has been um, possessed by the spirit of Palpatine. That's a common theory going around. Yeah. This whole spirit of Palpatine possessing people. Right. Like, that's that's probably the most common theory I've heard. Yeah. It's like... He's but, but C-3PO specifically, or just like... Just in general. Not specifically guy. C-3PO. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's, that's crazy. I, can't, I don't know. But I can't imagine, like... I can't imagine Palpatine, like... I think... I just think C-3PO is too comical. And like, in my There's mind, no he's way. too comical to be possessed by Palpatine. It would be it would be too weird. I think so too. Like would he have like Palpatine's robotic voice? I or guess, would it be C3PO's voice? It would just be yeah. I don't know. Debunked. We just debunked Boom. that myth. Actually, I don't think we could do that. Stamp. But, so um, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, keep keep going. So red-eyed C3PO. Yeah. Um uh several people well okay, I'll get to that. Um but uh you see uh you see sort of this like desert city uh-huh. with like a bunch of people like celebrating at one point. Yeah. Um, you see uh, these these uh, like light side ships or I, I say light side like rebel ships uh-huh. all kind of coming in with like sort of a light background and then it cuts straight over to a bunch of the Empire ships mm-hmm. going through like this like huge thunderstorm or something. Oh, okay. Um, and so there's kind of this visual light versus dark there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it shows Finn with like this other new uh, like black girl character that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess they're all, they're introducing new characters three right. movies in now. Yeah. Apparently, um, I don't know who that is. Um, uh, Rose isn't isn't in the trailer so i don't know who's rose again that's the asian girl kind of the love interest of finn oh, and the that's last right movie yeah I'm that like everyone hated yeah <laughs> yeah um and so she's not in the trailer um it it shows uh kylo ren and ray having a lightsaber battle mm-hmm. kind of out on this what looks like a ship Mm-hmm. But it's like sitting in like water and like. I like heard that stormy. that's the Death Star. I don't know if it is or not, ah, but I was I I saw that that was supposed to be like the Death Star they were battling on top. Okay. of. Okay. Like, but I don't. That could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And then how does it end? So it ends with, um, Palpatine's voice. Uh huh. And then it kind of goes black for a second, and then it shows Ray 
in the Sith hood holding this like double lightsaber uh-huh. that like flips out and turns into like a Darth Maul type lightsaber. What? And uh, and you're like, what? Yeah. Oh man. So I don't know. Like, I. So I'd be excited. I would be excited, but I don't have high hopes for it. So I always thought that the best way to end the story would be to have Rey flip to the dark side and have Kylo Ren flip to the right, light side. I agree. I think that will be awesome. I think it would be such a cool like redemption thing. It would be such a cool plot twist. I don't think they're brave enough to do it. I don't think they are either. And I was thinking about this earlier today, which I probably spend too much time thinking about this. But like... Think about all the Disney theme parks. Mm-hmm. Think about all of the merchandise. Think about all of the like monetary things behind this. Yeah. Of like Ray being a hero. Right. Like, exactly. There's no way that they would throw that character under the bus. Right. Not after everything. Yeah. I don't even think it would be throwing her under the bus. And that's where like I guess like I would disagree with like the machine that is Disney. Yeah. Because like like they would probably see it as like they're getting rid of one of their best-selling like quote-unquote disney princesses you know right right and and that, like that really stinks because you know what made star wars so great is that it was this like brand new like awesome like original story and like it's it wasn't held back by anything it was just like pure imagination yep and but like this it's just like you know it's controlled by by all of this stuff that you just said, like all of the marketing, all of the mm-hmm. like the business side of it, and what they would think could sell to like little kids and all that kind of stuff, right? And and yeah, like to turn, like you said, their their heroine into a bad guy. I just I don't think they would want to do that yeah. just because of the business side of it. Yeah, and that stinks. Yeah, it makes me sad. And there's like. You know, um, I am more excited about this one since J.J. Abrams is doing it, you know, mm-hmm. because I enjoyed the first one. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like it because it was essentially just a new hope over again. Mm-hmm. But, like, I liked it. I, I yeah. thought I thought it, it balanced well between sort of being that exact same movie, but then also introducing some new stuff. Yeah. And, like, there was a lot of mystery there. Luke was gone somewhere. Mm-hmm. She touches the lightsaber and she's hearing voices and stuff. Right. Like, there was a lot of cool stuff that could have happened. Yeah. And then The Last Jedi comes out and sort of throws all that out the window. Right. And so I'm excited to kind of see where J.J. Abrams is going to bring it back. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, you know, you can't just wipe that second movie off the face of yeah. everyone's memory. Yeah. But, um, but I am excited about that. I have heard Matt Smith uh-huh. um, from Doctor Who yeah. and The Crown... And a bunch of other stuff. I like. I've never seen The Crown, but like, I I only associate Matt Smith with Doctor Who. Okay, I didn't right. even know he was in other things. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he's supposed to play some kind of secretive role in it. Um, oh, okay. I say secretive, secretive in that like they're not saying what role what, who's he's he playing. playing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Carrie Fisher. Is it Fisher? The the woman who died that played, no no. Oh. There's a another Carrie actress. She plays in The Americans on FX. Oh, um, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, the curly hair. Yeah. Um, anyways, she's supposed to play some other character that's like a bounty hunter or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So right. they're introducing a bunch of new 
character seems kind of late to be doing that. Yeah, like I don't, I just I don't know what they're gonna do with it. So I'm excited. I wonder if they're gonna be like throwaway characters, kind of like, I mean, I don't know, like in the Phasma. In the, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, that yeah. that was really disappointing. <laughs> oh my goodness, she could have been such a cool character. Yes. And they just like threw her just threw in her the garbage. Away. Like it was literally. Awful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah, they literally did throw her in the garbage. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, what was I gonna say? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I'm. I don't have like because I didn't like the first movie, The Force Awakens. Okay. And so like The Force Awakens. That's what yeah. It was. So J. J. Abrams being attached to it doesn't mean anything to me. Like to me, it means that it's just going to be like another rehash of another story that we've mm-hmm. already heard. But and I also don't think that they'll probably give them much creative freedom yeah. either to do things like make her an actual Sith. Yeah. So I think it's either like one of two things. One I think is more plausible than this, the second one I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. The first thing I think it's probably just like some vision or something that she had of like what she could turn into or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Something along the lines of like you know how Luke in um, man I would get my original trilogy mixed up the one where he's on Dagobah being trained by Yodo yeah Yodo Yodo? (laughs) are you a nerd (laughs) that was really strange Yoda when he's being trained by Yoda and he goes into that like little cave area and he faces like his like the robot Vader that ended up having his face yeah Yeah, right so I think it, it it's either that kind of thing or just some weird force vision that yeah. she's got. Well, and if you look at it, like, it has a weird look to it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like just her right. doing that. I don't know. It, and, and I know that sounds weird, but if yeah. you watch the trailer again, yeah. it has this weird look to it. Like, right. it looks like it's a like dream. Like, it could be like a dream or something. Right. Yeah. So I think it's that. But then there's another theory that I heard that kind of utilizes what happened in The Last Jedi when she tried to see like who her parents were when she gets sucked into that like weird water hole thing Uh Um, and you remember like how she saw like just a tons of copies of herself right so one of the things or one of the theories that I've heard it seems like you've heard the same theory is that she is just a clone and that the she was cloned by Palpatine from like the hand that got severed from Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy from Darth Vader. I haven't heard that part of this. So like that's where the Skywalker, her Skywalker line or lineage would come from because she's a clone, but somehow that clone Whoa. is a girl, which I don't really it's science, I guess. That would be really cool. It would be it'd be kind of crazy, but I and then so like the evil or like yeah, the evil ray that you see in the trailer is actually just another clone that Palpatine um, inhabits. And mm. so, like, that's how Palpatine's, like, survived, and that's, like, the lineage of Rey and all that kind of stuff. Like, that would be better than just, like, the vision, whole vision thing. Yeah. I yeah. still think her actually turning evil and, um, what's his face? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren turning mm. good would be the best like yeah. ending because that's just it shows I think it shows bravery on on their part and yeah. just like good storytelling. What would be the worst ending for you? It just staying the same like uh her being like staying good um like, that just being a vision 
And like then, Kylo being bad, her being good, them and then fighting, just fighting at the end. Then, yeah. yeah, and then the the legacy of Skywalker just like ends poorly because like I, I don't know like somehow they would have to tie her Ray to the Skywalkers. They've got to do it somehow. Yeah, because like I don't think that they would end the Skywalker saga with like two out of three people who are tied to the Skywalker lineage being evil, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Darth Vader was evil through most of it, and then Skywalker, uh, Luke was good, and then Kylo Ren was evil. And yeah. so, like, I don't think they would end it that way. It's yeah. the rise of Skywalker. Right. So. Well, and, like, again, they like they haven't committed to Kylo Ren being evil. Like, mm-hmm. he's been so back and forth. Yeah. I feel like, and I feel like they had to have done that for a reason. Like, why wouldn't they just make him full-on evil? You right. know, like, why make him ride this fence, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm hoping, a couple of things that I'm hoping that they show. I'm hoping that they show a little bit of the whole, like, Knights of Ren. Yeah, around, that'd be awesome. Because that would be cool. And then I'm hoping that they also show, like, at some point when Sidious comes out, I'm hoping he says something about who Snoke was. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because right. we still don't really know, like, who that was or yeah. why. I don't know. Like, Right. Yeah. So, hypothetically, if, they, if there was a lever that you could pull that said, like, pull this lever and the entire Star Wars, like, the last trilogy that just came out would just be completely retconned, like, wiped away. And that they were going to restart it with a brand new story, but you didn't know if it was going to be good or bad. Would you pull that lever? I'd pull it. Yeah, well, me too. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. No hesitation. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah. And, and like I hope I just you know, and I've told you this before. Like the the old trilogy was huge because of like the big plot twist and yeah. like yeah, Vader being Luke's father. Right. Right. I just. I need some kind of plot twist. Yeah. Like they gotta do something. Yeah. Like something that no one's expecting. Yeah. yeah. And even I think I think the clones is a really probable like theory. Yeah. I don't know if they'll actually do that, but I don't. But I, even that, like that yeah. wouldn't be a bit a huge twist. That's just kind of something odd. Odd. Right. You know. Yeah, because I mean, there's clones in the Star Wars universe anyway. In the original trilogy, you had. Was it Django or Boba was the original Fett? I don't remember. Django, Django was the original Django Fett? Django was Boba's dad. Okay. So you had a bunch of Bobas um, who are cloned by that uh, by the race with the really long neck yep. in, the, in the, the Q-tip head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> that's how I remember. That's exactly it. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, you've, you've seen clones before, so it's not like out of the blue that clones exist in the Star Wars universe. Right. But... I guess my thing is that if it is the clone thing, and it is a clone of Luke, why would it be a girl? Like, why would Rey be a girl? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Star Wars science, I guess. Star Wars science. Bum, bum, bum. Man. I don't know. I'm trying to stay optimistic about this Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, yeah. I'm still very excited. I think I'm more excited... After this trailer, seeing that there's just a possibility that she's going to turn evil, yeah. than I was, like maybe before I saw the trailer. Yeah, like I'll I'll be there opening night. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, we need but, to get people together and go opening night. Yeah, be we awesome. dress up. Yeah, man. Yes. Yeah, man. Did I ever tell you the time that? Uh, you remember when the last Airbender movie came out? <laughs> Did I tell you the story already? 
Yeah, he did. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I'm going to retell tell it. Tell the story. Listening. Yeah, tell the story. It's so, really good. So, my friends and I really loved Avatar The Last Airbender show that came on Nickelodeon. It was like this cartoon show where people could control uh, like either earth, wind, fire, or water. And like we loved it. And they ended up making a live action movie of it. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan was the director. And the movie was awful. But we all wanted to go and be there for like the opening night. And the previous Halloween, we had all dressed up as like the different Avatar characters and stuff. And we told my friend Josh that we were all going to dress up for the premiere of the movie. And we get there and Josh said that he was going to be working a little bit late. So he's going to have to just meet us there. And he's got to get all the face, like the face paint and stuff on. Um, because the character that he was playing had a bunch of like, like had war paint all over his face. And uh, I'm like, okay, that's perfect. Just go ahead and get into your costume. We'll be there. We're going to go ahead and like save the seats and stuff. And it was probably like 10 of us who were, who were doing this. And uh, we all agreed, the people who weren't Josh, agreed that we were not going to dress up. And so maybe like halfway through the previews, <laughs> Josh comes walking into the movie theater completely dressed up with all of the war paint on his face. And he had this like, uh, like this like fake boomerang thing that he made because the character had a boomerang. He looked awesome, but no one else in the theater at all was dressed up <laughs> one bit. And so, good. <laughs> so everybody obviously was laughing, but then he got an applause from the entire movie theater because he did this. It was amazing. That's awesome. It was so oh, good. Oh, man. It was amazing. Oh, gosh. This was is a... Josh Bisick? Yeah, Josh Bisick. Bisick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So shout out to Josh again. Shout out to Josh. I think he's probably gotten the most shout outs. I think so, too. I think so, too. He needs, we need to guest him on the podcast at some yeah, point. Yeah, we need to cool. make that happen. That'd be cool. Um, all right. So, time to move on to the next segment, or do you have anything else that you want to... I have uh, nothing else. I'm excited about the movie, yep. and uh, I'll probably keep watching the trailer and see what I think, but... Sweet. Yeah, same here. All right, time for Apologetics Through the Ages. Ages, 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 ages. ages, ages. ages. One of these times I'm going to uh, put... I think my grammar has been awful lately really yeah i think it's just because i'm tired but i just said one of these times i think i'm going to i don't think that's <laughs> correct english that's funny one of these days i am going to add an echo feature to our voice for that so we don't have to make it ourselves that would be fun i kind of like doing it ourselves though, yeah because i hear it in my head <laughs> right. you know uh, it's it's fun. Okay, well, never mind. Uh, all right, so for those of you who don't know, we have been doing apologetics through the ages, and this is only our like third week of it. I, I think, think so, technically. Yeah. Um, and this is where we just go kind of throughout church history and talk about different people who are important to Christian apologetics, and talk about their life, talk about their um, their contribution to Christian apologetics or the defense of the Christian faith. Um, and it's a good exercise for me because it's introducing me to people who I've read about before and have just forgotten about, mm -hmm. um, or that, or it's, it's also been helpful too, because you see a lot of things kind of, um, repeat themselves throughout history. Like some things that ancient Christians have had to deal with are very similar to some of the things that we have to deal with today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's been really a cool study for me. So I hope, it, I hope it's been helpful for the people listening as well. 
Um, so this week we're going to be diving into a guy named Origin. Origin. Do you know what Origin's last name is, by the way? I never knew this until until recently. His actual last name? Yeah. Johnson? I don't know. No, it's Admantius. Admantius? Yeah. And do you know what that means? I do not. Man of Steel. What? Yeah. No way. No joke. His oh my parents gosh. named him Origin Man of Steel. Oh my gosh. The coolest name. That is like in all of history. He's yeah. like a super, uh, slightly heretical superhero. <laughs> it's awesome. But uh, so anyway, Origin, the Man of Steel. The Man of Steel. Was born roughly 185 AD. And I don't know, did you do, did you, have you really heard of Origin before? I've, I've done some, a little bit of reading. Yeah. Uh, so not a lot, but sure. I'm somewhat familiar. Did you know really much about him before like, oh, no. this? Yeah, not before this. Not yeah. before this at all. Yeah, he's one of those guys that kind of gets lost in church history a little bit. But um, he's actually a really fascinating guy because... Um, his dad was a, a, a strong believer, a strong Christian, um, but because of his faith and just kind of the time that they were living in Rome, there's a lot of Christian persecution, and his dad ended up getting beheaded for his faith. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, it's kind of a funny, well, that's not a funny story. That's tragic, obviously, but um, Origen, he was so like zealous and excited as a kid about his Christian faith that he actually wanted to run out and join his father being martyred when he was just a kid. Oh but gosh. his mom stopped him from hiding all of his clothes. And because Origen was you know, just a modest young guy, he didn't want to go out naked to be martyred. And so the only reason why he survived that was because his mom hid his clothes. So, but he was naked inside the house. Yeah, I don't really know how that happened. That's but really interesting. Maybe he just took a bath right before, and his mom just like, like s- stole mom, all of his clothes. Give me my shorts. I gotta be martyred today. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that's really crazy. It's super crazy. Yeah, it's oh, it's man. intense. I can't imagine because of his father's martyrdom, he ended up having to. Uh, be the man of the house. He had to help raise his siblings and all that kind of stuff. And in order to do that, he actually started teaching because uh, he was like from an early age. He was just a brilliant kid. Yeah. Uh, and so he started teaching kind of in his teenage years. And um, he taught uh, a bunch of different things. He taught Greek. He also taught um, uh, like different catechisms, church catechisms to to people who were like technically new believers. He gotcha. would kind of give them the basics of the faith and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, so this was you said he was born in one eighty two, one eighty five, roughly one eighty five, well, okay. yeah, somewhere yeah, around one, there. the one eighties. Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a one eighties kid. He was a one eighties kid. Yeah. Um. But uh. So this was almost almost two hundred years post Christ. Yeah. So. That would be what three generations past two generations. Are you talking about after Christ? Yeah, I was like trying how many, to how many of, generations after Christ? Right. Yeah. I'm trying to sort of get wrap my wrap like, my mind away, around. Yeah, two or three at the most, I think. Or maybe three at the most. I'm bad. How long do people live? My voice just cracked right there. Live. <laughs> how long do people live? Well, You're the now doctor. it's like, I don't know, in their 80s. Yeah. But back then, back then probably maybe it wasn't not. that long. Yeah, so it may, be, it may have been more generations back then. Yeah. If they didn't have. Yeah. Anyway, I was just trying 
trying sure. to kind of wrap my wrap my right. mind around right you know because so that even that early on they they had organized some church like catechisms and that kind of stuff um or at like least not sort of like rough they, they beliefs right yeah they they started having a little bit of like rough outlines um, for their different beliefs and okay. stuff but that's actually what makes origin kind of an important guy and we'll get to that here in a second okay um but what's really interesting too or not really not really interesting what's like super painful um is that so he was he was teaching these people and he was getting you know getting paid for his services and that's how he um ended up helping his family he, that's how he you know brought in funds and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to to have, help his family survive but he got it got to the point where he was for some reason or another teaching a lot of women okay. and origin was really known for kind of going full hog into what's called aestheticism Mm -hmm. and aestheticism is this just intense that's what i'm looking for this intense uh, commitment to like purity okay and to live in a a pure life to live a life that is void of like comfort and a bunch of different things like that Mm -hmm. and so in order to defeat the temptation that may come from teaching a lot of women mm-hmm. he actually ended up uh castrating himself Whew. yeah so wow. that was uh it's oh, a gosh pretty extreme measure yeah so um and a lot of man of steel <laughs> yeah i know right uh and so a lot of people actually like kind of condemn him for that because it's mm-hmm. just like you know you, you can't really do self-mutilation like that's not really right. a, like a good it, thing yeah like at that point sort of people maybe would start to call him like a fanatic and like exactly okay, like you went too far exactly yeah yeah and so what happened was is that he he took an extreme view of matthew 19 i think it's matthew 19 yeah matthew 19 where it's talking about how you know if your eye causes you to sin pluck it out right and throw it in uh and it's you know better to enter into heaven with one eye than into hell with both mm. so he took an extreme view of that and went all the way and uh, so again, that's why some people kind of like kind of viewed him as a fanatic when it comes like you like you just said. Mm-hmm. And he also was known for not sleeping with a bed and like fasting like multiple times a day uh, or multiple times a week, and all of these different kinds of things. Um, but at the same time, he was also a really important figure in early Christendom because he was one of the most prolific early Christians uh, okay. that that we had. How um, so? So he had he wrote an unbelievably large amount of Christian works. Okay. Um, and so I think a, I think it was the early church historian Eusebius was talking about how like it would take forever to read all of the things that that Origen wrote. So one of the very first things that he wrote um, that helped with, actually it helped a lot with early Christian apologetics, was called the Hexapla. Okay. And what it was, was in one column of this work was um, the Hebrew Old Testament. And then in another column, or actually in, in five more columns, were various Greek translations. Okay. And so what this did was it provided kind of like a guide for early Christians to navigate through the Old Testament. So it was like a commentary? It was not necessarily a commentary, but 
like kind of more like a multiple translations. Okay. If okay. that makes sense. So yeah. imagine you had like a like an ESV next to a New King James next to right. a, like this and this. Okay. And this. That's kind of what this was. I see. And it was really important because he had a lot of conversations with uh, the Jewish people of the time. And one of the arguments that the Jewish people would have towards Christians is that they have a misunderstanding of, of the Hebrew text. Mm-hmm. And so what made this so important for his apologetic arguments was that, no, I'm, I'm not misunderstanding it. Look, like I'm, I'm going verse by verse through the Old Testament um, and interpreting it very carefully. And you can see the whole process and you can see all these different interpretations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's not my lack of knowledge of Hebrew that's the issue. Yeah. Um, well, and even, sorry, quick question. Sure. It, uh, so even we would say at this point, a little over 200 years after Christ was on earth and, you know, died and was resurrected. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like, what scripture was he dealing with at that time? Was it just like the Torah um, and, you know, sort of the Old Testament, or at that time, you know, I mean, it was over 200 years, yeah. so, I mean, all the New stuff, New Testament, most of, I guess all of the New Testament stuff had been written. Right. Um, was that stuff kind of included at that point? Yeah, so, or, like, it, it hadn't officially been, can- all those things hadn't officially been canonized can- right. yet. Um, that didn't happen for a little bit longer, but, I mean, you still had, like, the, the manuscripts, they had, um... Uh, you know, like things like, um, so w- specifically in regards to like the Old Testament, they had the Septuagint that they would use, mm-hmm. um, and then they would also have a lot of oral tradition as well. But a lot of it would be those early manuscripts that got circulated from the uh, the apostles that wrote them mm-hmm. to the various churches, and so they they had a lot of well, they had all of those at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, we since lost a bunch of them obviously a lot of the we've lost all of the original manuscripts but that that would be what they were working with as well so they were working with the same like quote-unquote scripture that we were working with it just hadn't been canonized into um the actual like new testament books that we that we have right now in like a bound form right that makes sense right right okay yeah okay so you mentioned earlier or you asked earlier if they had like these doctrines that were, or how did you ask that question? Like if they had these doctrines that were kind of like all set out, yeah, like, like catechisms or like, like these like sort of set set beliefs, you know, yeah. um, that were agreed upon, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So again, like just like you said, I mean, that was one of the the things that made Origin so important because he has this this other work, um, his also one of his most important works called On First Principles. And On First Principles was actually the first Christian systematic theology ever written. Okay. Uh, And so what it did, what all systematic theologies do, is they take the corpus of the the entirety of Scripture and break down different topics and say, you know, what does the entire Bible say about sin? What does the entire Bible say about salvation, about Mm -hmm. the person of God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus? And break it down into all those different, you know, types of uh, types of categories, mm-hmm. so that we can have a comprehensive understanding of what the Bible says per topic, mm-hmm. and um, and that hadn't been done before Origin, and so Origin, with his first principles, made the first systematic theology, and 
that's unbelievably helpful or was unbelievably helpful for the early Christians because one of the first tenets of apologetics is to know what you believe and why you believe it. Right. And this helped with that. This helped a lot with allowing them to uh, figure out why they believe Jesus rose from the dead, all, mm-hmm. all b- a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was, it was a game changer. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah. So you would, you know, you consider that the origin of systematic theology. Ah, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't oh, let that, that one was go. Fantastic. <laughs> Good job. Get out. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh man. Uh, so tell me more about this guy. Yeah. So, okay. The next thing that, that he wrote that was super important to the world of, of Christian apologetics was this work called against Celsus. Okay. Uh, and Celsus was a uh, ancient Greek philosopher that um, Origen had a lot of like correspondence with, and he did not like Christianity. And the reasons why he didn't like Christianity is because he claimed that it welcomed bad and ignorant people in. Mm-hmm. It claimed everything was made for Christians, uh, and they had an exclusive claim to truth. These are the things that he did not like about Christianity that he mm-hmm. said that Christians kind of believed. Um, and not only that, but Christianity was hostile to society. And so this is one of the first examples, other than you know, you know Paul's letters and things like that, right. letters we see in the New Testament. But this is, um, one of the again, one of the earliest examples, kind of like um, Justin Martyr, where you see someone kind of going point by point um, and giving a, a defense for the Christian faith against these different claims. And so mm-hmm. Origen would go point by point with uh, Celsus and say why he believed that he was wrong. Um, and it was, he used a lot of logic and evidence and philosophy. Uh, but not only that, but Origen also, in the work against Celsus, he also focused on the truth of Christianity by using. Uh, fulfilled prophecy and miracles mm-hmm. um, and he was the first to introduce a moral argument for miracles and so what that basically means is that so one of the things that Celsus said was that the miracles of Jesus and the apostles were simply just like black magic or something like that and uh, or or even you know kind of these fake magician routines that happen all the time mm-hmm. and what Origen said is that there is a moral component to the miracles that Jesus and the apostles performed that you don't see in these quote unquote magicians. So what the magicians what magicians would always do is perform their act and demand money or demand uh, to be part of you know a, a king's council, all these different kinds of things. So mm-hmm. kind of think back to you know the magicians with Pharaoh and right. Moses, you right. Know, um, they're part of his court. And so that's yeah. often what these magicians would try to right. do. There's a motivation there. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So with the moral argument that Origen was pushing is that Jesus and the apostles, they didn't gain anything right. from, uh, from... There's a bug in my face. They didn't gain anything from performing these miracles. The only thing that these miracles did was, was help people. And you can tell from the lifestyle that the apostles lived that they didn't live in luxury or anything close to that. Right. And not only that, but the majority, the vast majority of the apostles and Jesus himself died because of the things that they were saying and doing. Right. So the moral argument when it came to miracles was a, a big thing that he used against a lot of these uh, 
Greek philosophers that yeah. were kind of joining in with Celsus. If as anything, well. they had motivation not to do those things. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. It made no sense for them to do it. Um, but so those were kind of the the good points of Origen, and unfortunately, you can't really leave it there with him, right? Because he also had some kind of you know questionable views that people in later centuries kind of condemned him for as a heretic. Okay. Um, and so in that first systematic theology on first principles, he also kind of laid out his understanding of how you are to interpret scripture. And for him, he believed that there were three main ways to interpret scripture. The first would be the literal, uh, or also, you know, he would say historical as well. Then you have the uh, oh, I'm sorry, fourfold meaning of scripture. I'm stupid. You have the literal, literal, allegorical, the moral, and the eschatological. So he believed that the literal would be kind of the, the history things, like okay. you know, David was a real king, things like that. Uh-huh. Um, and then you had the moral, so you can le- get moral stories or you can learn moral principles from the stories that are in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Then you had eschatological, which just means like the end times. So you had like okay. the, the end time prophecies and things like that, or the prophecies that were fulfilled and all these different types of things. Mm-hmm. So he believed that you can interpret scripture that way. Mm-hmm. But the one that he viewed the most highly was this allegorical view of scripture. So he believed that the majority of things that you find, including the resurrection of Christ, was more allegorical and spiritual. Okay. And every single passage, or at least almost every, almost every single passage in the New Testament and in the Bible as a whole could be interpreted allegorically or could be interpreted spiritually and not actually have like a grounding in our reality as we understand the physical world to be. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I think so. So essentially... Looking at things that way, you'd be saying, yes, these things happened, but more on a spiritual level. Exactly. And like the things that this says are are describing things that happen sort of in a spiritual realm. Right. And they're trying to describe it in a physical way. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so one of the reasons for that is because... And so that's how he saw all scripture. That's how he saw the vast majority of scripture. Okay. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons why he, he saw it this way is because when he was younger, he also studied underneath a, uh, a Greek philosopher. And so he was really influenced by Neoplatonism. And mm-hmm. Neoplatonism was like, was the hip philosophy to kind of believe in at the time Mm. and have you ever heard of the allegory of the cave with plato um a little bit got it so imagine that there's these two guys in the cave in a cave right and they are sitting facing the cave wall and they see shadows being cast upon the cave wall of things that are happening outside the cave behind them but they just see it in shadows Mm -hmm. so that's the word picture that plato uses to describe this spiritual world and the physical world. So the physical world is simply these shadows, um, these images of the real world that is the spiritual world. I see. And so that's kind of what Origen thought of the Bible. The Bible was this just physical manifestation or these physical stories Mm -hmm. trying to explain these spiritual things these spiritual realities right so things like the resurrection of jesus 
it, it wasn't a real physical thing. It was a quote unquote physical story to explain a spiritual reality. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a very heretical way to look at the Bible mm. um, because you start spiritualizing everything and you start to uh, question the actual physical things that happened when it comes to our redemption, our justification, our salvation, all these different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big problem. Yeah. So that's yeah. one of the reasons why you kind of have to be really careful with origin and one of the reasons why they kind of condemned him as a heretic. Gotcha. So another thing that he also kind of toyed around with was the pre-existence of souls as well. Pre-existence of souls. What does that even mean? So before souls were actually inhabiting inhabiting bodies Mm -hmm. here on earth, they were actually in the heavenly realms. Okay, so sort of like everyone is an eternal being. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, He could have believed that the souls may have had like a a starting point God okay. could have created souls okay um just kind of like he created the angelic beings and things like that yeah um but the result of the fall was because these souls in heaven sinned and therefore they were cast down onto earth uh and then from there they inhabit bodies like we have now I see. And then how close you were to God in the previous life is in equal correlation to your status here on earth. I feel like that doesn't go at all with any anything that you've described about him. Yeah, so far. it's kind of weird. Right. It's like he didn't write a whole lot about that. Yeah. Um, he just kind of toyed around with the idea of it. So, okay, that's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. The next thing was that the Trinity was more of a ranking than equality. So okay. there was a, 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 almost like, like a hierarchy. hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. So he was he, he believed 100% that God was a Trinity and that it was three distinct persons with one essence. Mm-hmm. So just normal Orthodox Christianity. But he still believed within that one essence there was a, a hierarchy and that they weren't equal in all things. Mm-hmm. Um, so he believed that Jesus was underneath God the Father and that the Holy Spirit was underneath Jesus and that Mm -hmm. there's this power dynamic there. Um, And so that was also later on condemned as as a heresy as well. Um, So it's another thing you got to watch out. And lastly, are you ready for the last one? It's getting crazier and crazier. Well, this one's not like, it's crazy and it's wrong, but like you've at least heard of this next one. So like this next one was he, he started to propose this idea of universalism. Okay. That there would be a universal salvation and cleansing of sin, not only for human beings, but also demons as well. Hmm. So that was his last, like, no, man, you're kind of getting a little sketchy there, buddy. Did, did he get dementia towards the end? I don't know. Maybe. That would make <laughs> sense, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he was always kind of, like, on the, not crazier end of things, but, like, kind yeah, of like on he the sound, end of Yeah, he things. sounds like a very eccentric person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a brilliant guy, right? No doubt, but at the same time, like I think that that brilliance led him to start falling into this thing called syncretism, where mm. you start trying to um, pull other things into Christianity, like Greek philosophy. Yeah. And so he started doing this with um, with Neoplatonism, because if I'm not mistaken, one of the aspects of neoplatonism is the pre-existence of souls as well mm-hmm. and so he was highly influenced by this greek uh, philosophical upbringing um and 
And so like that just led him down this rabbit hole of these false beliefs that ended up causing him to have her- uh, heretical views of things mm-hmm. and to start over-spiritualizing a lot of, of scripture. And when you do that, it's just, just bad news. Right, right. So, yeah. But oh. one, of the, one of the things that um, I, I just think it's really important for Christians, especially kind of in our own culture, is that idea of syncretism. Yeah. Is that idea of trying to pull in too much of, well, we're in America right now, but I know we have people who listen who are from other countries as well. Right. But allowing whatever culture you're in to start seeping into your Christianity. Right. And to a certain extent, like that's to be expected. I mean, there's certain things that that you can allow to have changed, like, you know, the order of church service, the mm-hmm. the way that you do worship, all these things can be, you know, those, you can hold those with the open palm. Right. But other things like actual, like specific doctrine, you can't allow that to happen. Right. Because it stops being Christianity, you know? Right. And I think that's one of the issues that we have now with things like homosexuality and um, even the, in, in my opinion, the debate between egalitarianism and complementarianism. Yeah. You start allowing the culture to shape your beliefs mm-hmm. instead of allowing your beliefs to shape you and right. then you go out and shape the culture. Right. And even things like abortion and, you know, everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. It, it kind of becomes... Yeah, it's sort of, well, I think you described it perfectly. The culture begins to influence mm-hmm. you instead of the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, he was a super interesting guy. Um, and like he did amazing things. Like he did important things. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though some of yeah, his... He kind of blazed sort of the trail for yeah. kind of the some some other folks coming further down the road oh know? yeah absolutely definitely i mean especially with you know his works in apologetics especially with the the hexapla i mean that's that's an easy one to overlook but um but his work with unfortunately we don't really have it anymore but the effect that it had on future generations that did have access to the hexapla um it was huge because you were able to see all these different translations of the the uh, Hebrew Old Testament, mm-hmm. and you are you could look at it yourself and go through it yourself and see all of these things about like how you know how Jesus fulfilled all these different prophecies and all that all that kind of stuff and how the Old Testament points just blatantly to Jesus, right? And for people who at the time who could only read Greek couldn't read Hebrew, like that's huge. Like mm-hmm. it's a huge thing, right? Yeah. So, well, and that reminds me um, of you know. I mean, Martin Luther, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to have normal, like, German layperson be able to study their own scriptures. Right, yeah. Without having, yeah, because a lot of them couldn't read Latin, you know. Exactly. And so it's, it's, like you said earlier, history really repeats itself. Um, Totally. But that's really interesting. Yeah, man. He was an interesting guy. Um, I think he had a, just kind of messed up views in some points and that's one of the things too it's just like where is that line of being outside of christian orthodoxy Mm -hmm. and and i think i mean i know that origin crossed that line i mean you can't get into universalism and be orthodox christian um, right or in my view christian you can't go into um 
there being a power dynamic inside of the Trinity or, mm-hmm. um, you know, pre-existence of souls, all these different kinds of things and still be Christian. Cause that's just a different, that's a different gospel yeah. completely. Um, and so like, I think that's a, a hard question that a lot of people really need to think about is like where, or when things get presented to them, you have to be able to draw that line and say like, no, that's, that's outside of Christian orthodoxy. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that like, you've got to look at, you've got to pray to God about, um, yeah. and, and repent of. And, yeah. Well, and I, I think that kind of comes to the importance of, of surrounding yourself with other believers. Yeah who are studying scripture and mm-hmm. studying the word and then having discussions with them about that. Right. Because yeah, you know, if if you come across this idea and you're like, "Hey, like is this this new understanding that I have of scripture and mm-hmm. you know, and oh gosh, this is actually how it works." Right. Like you need people to be like, "Whoa, pump the brakes, man." Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Let's right. let, let's take a few steps back. Like, let's kind of break this down. Yeah, and let's let's sift through this. Right. You know. Um. And I wonder if maybe he didn't have that, or maybe everyone. You know, I know sort of thought and rhetoric and um and philosophy like yeah, yeah philosophy was sort of the the big thing then you know yeah. and so maybe you know maybe he didn't have people to say like well hang on a second you know right maybe it was like oh that's a neat cool idea you know yeah maybe that's true i don't know um but it's interesting and i think that it speaks at least in my mind it speaks a lot to you know like we need to be believers studying the scriptures together yeah for sure um and and keeping each other accountable to that right and you know and i think that it can be you know we can it can be really dangerous and we have to be really careful you know if we have like a favorite preacher mm-hmm. you know and that's the only person we listen to right or you know a favorite author and that's the only person we read um and and like those types of things because it, it can be sort of you just have to be really careful you yeah, know because sure. um, you just never know what that person that individual person is like yeah where their beliefs are going and kind of mm-hmm. how that's evolving yeah you know in their own mind and so um, I find that yeah for me having fellowship with you know you and Katie and mm-hmm. And everyone else in our small group, you know, and being able to kind of suss some of this stuff out has been, I mean, paramount, you know. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that's just why you can't be a Christian that's that's amputated from the body of Christ. Yeah. Like, you just can't. Um, I don't, the Bible doesn't know a Christian that is. Right. Um, and that's an important thing to remember because you can just get swallowed up by whatever philosophy that is in control of the age and yep. and that's a dangerous place to be um so yeah absolutely i wonder what his uh sorry this is really going way back to the beginning but i wonder what his father was martyred for oh um do you know i i'm not 100 percent sure i just is all, all it, all that i found was that he was just uh, proclaiming to be a Christian, and that was pretty much it. Okay. Um, there could be a, a specific reason, I just didn't see it. Okay. Um, but yeah. So he be. and his mother were sort of like, kind of clot, like they couldn't be outspoken about it, I guess. Um, 
Eventually, I mean, he was. eventually, yeah, right. I'm not on. really sure how that 100% happened, and that's something that I need to go back and look at. Yeah, no, and um, because just... eventually he was he was teaching, um, right? And so maybe there was just a time of a little bit more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe in like the middle part of his life, there was a little bit more tolerance for that. Yeah. But I know in so it was 251 when um, when the the current Roman emperor, a guy named Decius. Uh, he around that time imprisoned Origen this is actually how he died he imprisoned Origen and tortured him for his Christian faith because there was a plague that was sweeping through uh, Rome at the time and Decius was blaming Christians for it for not worshipping the Roman gods I see Um, but then eventually Decius died and Origen was let go so I think there was like this loosening of um of persecution against Christians maybe around that time. Okay. Um, but because of his wounds, uh, Origen died. Um, gotcha. So I think maybe like the the strength of persecution maybe ebbed and flowed uh, throughout that time in church history. Mm-hmm. And depending on what was going on, like if there's a plague, then watch out because it's the Christian's fault. Right. So, um, but yeah, I need to I need to know a little bit more uh, or read a little bit more about the the specific details about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are whole books about this guy's life, you know. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, the bad thing is that, um, so one of the guys that we know wrote most about Origen was this guy named Eusebius. Mm-hmm. And so we know a lot about Origen through this Eusebius guy. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of Origen's original works never survived. And so we a lot of what we know about his original works um, come through either fragments or they come through mm. kind of secondhand information through Eusebius. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if you want to learn more about Origen's life, you can either, I mean, you can obviously Google it or, uh, did I have my voice crack again, man? I didn't notice it. That oh, okay. Then it didn't. <laughs> uh, but uh, but also look into Eusebius because he was uh, he was mm. a early church historian that did a lot of awesome stuff. So yeah, yeah, man. What if what if Origen is in heaven right now, being like, I did not mean that. Right. You yeah. <laughs> exactly. I didn't write that. That wasn't me. Right. Oh man, gosh, that'd be awesome. I hope he is. I didn't mean it like that. That'd be I mean, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Oh gosh. Because I always like it's it's so crazy to to think that like. Like, we have material and writings mm-hmm. from that long ago. Yeah, it's nuts. It, I, I don't know. It's just something like, that yeah. kind of stuff blows my mind. It's amazing, man. Like, even when it comes to, like, this is what's so just amazing about the the New Testament itself. Just, like, the fact that we have the plethora of evidence yes. that the New Testament is good and accurate. Mm-hmm. Like 5,000 manuscripts alone for the New Testament. And that... I don't know. To, to me, that's a lot. That's crazy. To, to yeah. other people that may be like, only 5,000? But then when you compare that to um, to other ancient texts, it blows them out of the water. I think the... the uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I'm wanting to say it's the Odyssey, but that could be wrong. I can't I can't think of it. The Iliad, the Odyssey. I think Homer did both of those. Yeah. Look it up, but the, um, the next most amount of manuscripts that we have um, is from this particular work mm-hmm. and a lot of people like say it's like it was like 600 and something but they found more so it's more like a thousand mm-hmm. um, but that's still like we have like five to one more than they do yeah and no one questions at all questions the validity of this particular work 
right. that only has a thousand. But all the time you see people questioning the one that has five thousand. And what's amazing is that the one that has one thousand has all of these discrepancies, all of these things that are different in the story and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then you have the New Testament that agrees with itself uh, 99%. And yeah. the only thing that's different are just grammatical errors. And like, that's amazing. Like yeah. that's like, that's just a, uh, unbelievable treasure, treasure trove of, of just knowledge and, and knowing that our new Testament is reliable. Right. And that's huge. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, I think this is a good place to, uh, to end things. Yeah. We're about at an hour. It's That's been good. a good one, yeah. Yeah. Sweet, man. Well, cool. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to... Oh, no, we need to do our announcement, man. I don't remember our you, announcement. You can't... What are you talking about? This is like the biggest thing. The the big thing. Okay, okay, never mind. I don't know. Well, you I, kind well, of, we kind of touched on it before. You kind of spoiled so. it earlier. I didn't realize that... Yeah, I kind of, I kind of did. Oh, I guess you jerk. I'll just, I'll just edit it out. No one will know. You could. Uh, so we said last week that one of our things that we wanted to do for the podcast was actually change the name of the podcast to fit the vision, the the goal, and the aim of what we want to do on this podcast to something that just makes more sense, that that fits it better. Yeah, and um, doesn't sound so much like truth for life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just waiting to get a phone call from Alistair Beck. Actually, that will never happen. We are not that big at all. But anyway, um, so actually, you know what? If he did call me, even if he was angry, I would record it and put it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, and this is uh, Alistair Beck. Yeah. And cut his voice together so it sounds like he's actually yeah. talking. <laughs> I'll put it in like like the I'll rearrange his like his yelling at me and make it to something that's actually really encouraging. Yeah. Be Hooray. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh man. Oh, but anyway, so we're wanting to change we're not changing the name of the the overall ministry Truth for Doubt. So truthfordoubt.com will be the exact same and all that kind of stuff. Just the name of this podcast is going to be different. And so because we talk about nerdy things at the beginning and because we talk about apologetics and theology at the end we have decided to name the podcast the nerdy apologist oh man i should have gotten my air horn oh, that would have been perfect man this was the perfect. time to do it i'm Dang sad katie's not here uh, also while we're announcing this so um but uh yeah we're really excited about this change we um we're working on the uh, the image for the nerdy apologist for you know all the things that you see on iTunes and all that kind of stuff for the Apple podcast and all that jazz. Um, we're also working on some nerdy apologist shirts and all that good stuff that'll be heading your way soon. I know yeah. we've said a thousand times that we have merch heading your Swag. way soon, yeah. but we actually have designs now. So. Yeah. Well, and and I have to say big shout out to uh, Michael. Um, he all all of them are original designs. Oh, don't tell him that. Per Michael, so if you hate it, it's if you, him. If you hate it, it's not me. It's somebody else. Um, <laughs> but they're yeah. really, but they're really cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. it. I've been able to to get back into the creative side of my brain. Yeah, it's been really nice. It's been fun. That's cool. Yeah, we should do something creative together. Oh, we should. Yeah. What? Like what? I don't know. 
But well, you do music. I do art stuff. But like I haven't like I used to write a lot of songs and stuff. And oh yeah. I just like you were you were saying getting those juices flowing and yeah. stuff. I just haven't done that in a really long time. Right. Anyways, that's a sidebar. But. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk. We'll definitely talk about that. Um, but yeah. So the nerdy apologist. Uh, we hope you guys like the name. If not, well, that's that's what it is. So deal with it. Deal with it. That was yeah. That was good. Perfect. <laughs> It was a little delayed. Sorry, guys. That was guys. awesome. Uh, no, but um, yeah, we're excited and we have some good thoughts about the future of the podcast and the future of the ministry in general. So we hope that you guys are excited for the future of the Nerdy Apologist podcast. Um, so if you want to learn more about the Truth For Doubt ministry as a whole, feel free to go to truthfordoubt.com. If you would like to become a supporter of our ministry and not only the ministry of Truth For Doubt, but... Um, uh, but also our church planting efforts going forward in Vermont. Um, your support goes to that as well. But you can visit, uh, visit patreon.com slash T4D. That's patreon.com slash T, the number four, D. Or you could go to truthfordoubt.com slash give. Um, so we thank you guys so much for, for listening to us ramble about nerdy nonsense and apologetic stuff. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you, guys.